Hello, this is Jay Lewis, and welcome to the Old Radio Companion. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah. Johnson Wax program with Silver McGee and Molly. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great show. And today's show is great. I hope all of you had a great Christmas. I hope all of you enjoyed all of our Christmas shows. I know I did, and I enjoyed doing them. It was really a lot of fun. It's just so great to listen to those great old radio shows um, that Christmas was Christmas, and it was such a simpler time. So I really loved it. Um, I was talking, uh, taking a walk the other day in my neighborhood, and I walked by a house that had a nativity in the front yard. So I just stopped, and I looked at it, and it brought me back to a time when Christmases were nativities, and nativities meant something. And those people really knew what Christmas was about. It really put a smile on my face. And I wanted, I actually wanted to go to the people's house and thank them for putting it out. Um, I didn't want them to think there was some nut at the door. You know, it's like, oh, Diane, uh, this guy likes our nativity. <laughs> but I really did. I loved it. And I appreciated it in, in the meaning, too. So, But I really, I hope that this Christmas for all of you was meaningful and peaceful and a time to reflect and know the true meaning. So now we move from our Christmas shows to our New Year's celebration, and we are almost done with 2020, and we'll have two shows for the new year, and today is our first one. And actually, today we start our second season of the Old Radio Companion. I can't believe we've already done one season, uh, and it's been a crazy year, but we did it, and uh, we're on to our second season. And also, this is most likely, I'm not sure, there might be one other show, but this might be the last show that I do from this location, from this studio. So I told you before, we're moving into a new studio, and so it's going to be a great thing. But I do appreciate you um, all listening and being here. Well, I've always been fascinated and very interested in history. I love history. And uh, it doesn't matter what time period it is, I just love it. I tend to like U.S. history and British history uh, a little more, and I love that era also between the 1930s and 1950s, and as you can tell, because I do a show about old radio, but I really will read anything that has to do with days gone by. Um, I have also been fascinated with that ancient tradition of leaving a time capsule, you know, that container that's filled with all the things that reflect the culture of the current time, and then sealed in a container and buried for who knows how long for a future generation to find. How exciting to find an ancient time capsule and realize that all the content is filled with the actual articles that were put there, put there by their actual people that lived at that time. It's like time got frozen and a new generation could be transported to that time. And you get a feel and taste of what that time was really like. So today we're going to be talking about time capsules. And as we say goodbye to 2020, and yes, most of us are like, good riddance. Thank God it's all over. I was thinking the other day, actually, that um, 2020 kind of reminds me of a bratty kid. It's 2020 has been a brat. It's been awful and mean. And so I'm ready to kick it to the curb and, and move on. So I know it's been a tough year for a lot of people. So I'm hoping this coming year uh, that we can take something away from it that we learned and grow from it. So no matter what happens, it gives us an opportunity to be thankful for what we do have and we can learn from the past and hopefully grow 
and make a better year. So I know a lot of you out there have had a tough year, and so we're thankful to have this old year go and have this new one come. So yes, here is to the new 2021. I really hope it, it's going to be better. So anyway, let's talk about time capsules. Um, the first one is um, in 1976, when it was the celebration of the bicentennial, the president of the time, who was Gerald Ford, he opened a time capsule that was buried by a New York magazine publisher in 1876. Um, it was a woman New York magazine publisher, and it was 100 years earlier, and it was called the Century Safe. It was filled with all sorts of things like a golden pen and ink stands and a book about temperance, a collection of America, uh, American signatures, a photographs of the presidents of the time like Ulysses S. Grant and other politicians of the time. After it was sealed in 1879, it was brought to the Capitol building and was buried under the East Portico and it was just forgot about. And it was uh, it was forgot about for sure. And in eight, uh, 1976, at a ceremony, it was unburied, unlocked, and opened. And Mike Mansfield of the U.S. Senate said that this was the wish of a lady who sought to speak to us from the other side of a hundred-year golf. So that that uh, publisher who worked for the New York Magazine, uh, it was a hundred years earlier. So that would be really cool to see. That would be an awesome one. The second one is um, the oldest time capsule to be found in the U.S. Um, it's, it was buried by Paul Revere and Samuel Adams. So you know it has to be old. And this was called the Massachusetts State House Time Capsule. This would have been buried at the Massachusetts State House in one of the cornerstones way back in 1795. It was unearthed in 2014 and it was unearthed by accident when repairmen were fixing a water leak at the Capitol building. They discovered the time capsule there and they had discovered that the time capsule had already been opened once in 1855 for cleaning. And they also added some new artifacts. So it was finally unsealed in 2015 and the treasures inside were amazing. There were coins and newspapers dating way back in the 1600s and also found were pages from the Massachusetts uh, colony records a copper medal with the image of George Washington on it, and finally a silver plaque that was from Paul Revere, which stated, this cornerstone of a building intended for the use of the legislative and executive branches of the government of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts was laid by its Ex excellency, Samuel Adams, Esquire governor of the said Commonwealth. That would have been an awesome one to see. The third one, there is a time capsule that was buried, and it's not to be opened until after 6,177 years. Wow. So the same amount of time. Uh, so they, the reason they picked that time is because it was supposed to be the same amount of time that would have passed since recorded history. So they took that first time, and then they calculated it out, and it came to the 6,177 years. That means that this particular time capsule would not be opened until the year uh, 8113 AD. So, yeah, I'm sorry. We're going to miss, most of us are going to miss that one. It's called the Crypt of Civilization. And really, when most capsules are filled, they're usually smaller. And they contain fewer articles to give the opener an idea of kind of what life was back in that time period and what was important. But this time capsule, however, was made to hold a large amount of items and big items. 
A professor of Oglethorpe University started this time capsule in 1937, and it was meant to serve as a valuable record for archaeologists in the future. It was filled with 640,000 pages of microfilm books, religious text, and even like an early television, some furniture, uh, some beer, <laughs> got to have the beer, and a set of Lincoln Logs. So kind of some of the stuff that was, you know, what things looked like and things that were popular during the time. And it was put into a vault sealed and welded tight, airtight, and it remains sealed to this date. And yes, 6,177 years is a long time to wait. So like I said, yeah, we're all going to miss that one. So sorry. The fourth one, the next one, there is another time capsule that's called the Westinghouse time capsule. Can you guess who started this one? Well, if you guessed it, you were right, because it was started by the company Westinghouse, who makes all kinds of electrical household appliances and kind of um, and all kinds of things, actually. And they started a time capsule um, at the 1939 New York State Fair. It was placed in a torpedo shaped cylinder and buried 50 feet deep. It was originally called a time bomb, but because of the negative connotations of that time period, they changed it to time capsule which sounds less destructive. In 1965, another time capsule was placed close by, and both of the capsules are scheduled to be opened 5,000 years later um, after the first capsule was buried. Um, both are supposed to be opened in the year 6939 AD, and contained in the capsules are seeds, metals, textiles, microfilms, newsreels, even Beatles records, bikinis, uh, camel cigarettes, and even a child's cup featuring Mickey Mouse. The 1939 capsule features also a letter from the famous scientist Albert Einstein. And I wouldn't consider it a very positive message to the future for the future from Albert, because in the letter, uh, he does talk about the progress of science, which is a good thing. But he also gave this message. He said, people living in, a different, country, in different countries will actually kill each other at irregular time intervals so that also for is, is the reason for anyone who thinks about the future must live in fear and terror. Wow, thanks, Albert, for the positive message for the future. But that's probably, there's probably a lot of truth in that statement, actually. But you could see the other guys around him, you know, opening up this time capsule and being like, uh, yeah, thanks, Albert. That's uh, really great. Uh, let's add some greeting cards or some happy face pictures or something. <laughs> Make it a little more positive. Okay. The next one is from, it's called the Detroit Century Box. By midnight on January 1st of 1901, the city mayor of Detroit, who was William C. Mayberry, sealed the time capsule, which would be buried on, uh, on Detroit's old city hall. He declared that it would not be opened for another hundred years. So in the year 2000, the time capsule was actually open. So finally, we don't have to wait for the year 8,080 8, or something like that. So it's only 100 years, which uh, most time capsules are a lot shorter, you know, like 100 years or even shorter. So finally, uh, that one we can enjoy. So Mayor Dennis Archer had the Century Box opened, and it contained letters from different businessmen of, the, of that time period and city leaders asking questions. And what was really interesting about this time capsule is that the people who started the time capsule at the time, they were asking questions of the future, uh, who the people who would be opening this up. So it's kind of interesting. So there were also descriptions of what life was like in Detroit in the early 20th century. But the questions asked in the for the future were things like, 
are you traveling faster? How are you communicating in the future? Are you able to communicate with everyone all over the world? Uh, we just talk on telephones for long distance in our country now. And I thought that one was right on because we are, you know, we can talk to anybody in the whole entire world with no problem at all. Other letters were not so accurate. <clears throat> they actually thought that Canada would be actually annexed into the United States. Wishful thinking, guys. Or they thought that, that instead of putting criminals in local jails and prisons, they would be whisked off in these like futuristic tubes. And I don't know about you, but uh, whatever generation you kind of grew up in. But when I was growing up, we were always made to believe that things were going to have like, you know, cities were going to be in bubbles. There'd be like the futuristic tubes. We'd have the Jetson cars, you know, the flying cars. We always thought cars were going to fly. And I don't know how many of you have watched the movie Blade Runner, but I don't know. But I thought that was so cool. And I always envisioned, you know, here's Harrison Ford driving around in this flying car in the movie. And now you look at what we have now and it's like. Wah, wah, big disappointment. These men of Detroit also thought that things would look way different in the future. So you could see those guys opening up the time capsule in the year 2000 and being like, uh, yeah, sorry. No futuristic tubes, no flying cars, no bi bubble cities. You know, big disappointment. Well, now, anyway, this is the message from the sponsor from the past. It's holiday time, and Beauregard cries, Hey, look, there's a snowman ringing our doorbell. And Elsie says, That's no snowman. It's Elmer with a surprise. Borden's Eggnog, the extra special holiday drink. Mmm, Borden's, very big on flavor. Wow, Borden's Eggnog, now we can have a party. Borden's Eggnog is the delicious holiday treat the whole family loves, right from the carton. It's made with lots of eggs, milk, and real sweet cream. Rich and creamy, better than the best milkshake you ever tasted. Mmm, Borden's, very big on flavor. This is the only time of year you can get it, so ask Mom for Borden's Eggnog today. So by Borden's, Borden's, very big on flavor. Okay, today's radio show is from the Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy show. It's their New Year's Eve show of December 31st, 1944. And here is the master of ventriloquism himself, if I can say it. Ventriloquism, Edgar Bergen. He's joined by his, his son, his alter ego pal, Charlie McCarthy. A career that spanned from the early 20s all the way through the 1970s with great voices and personalities, and especially when you hear his other voices for his other friend, Mortimer Snurd, which is one of my personal favorites. And so, you know, the nope, 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 you know, it's awesome. So one of the interesting things I heard about Edgar Bergen and his radio show was that they, they stated that Edgar Bergen show, his show, saved the world. The reason... Well, in October 30th, 1938, the Orson Welles show that changed the world, The War of the Worlds. The War of the Worlds had debuted that night, and so many other people turned into, tuned into the Edgar Bergen show instead. And they missed the entire fiasco and that panicked so many people that night. So if Edgar Bergen's show had not been on the air, then so many people would have, much more people would have panicked and freaked out, and it might have been a lot worse. 
This was a funny radio show that aired from 1936 to 1955, and it was one of the most popular radio shows during that time. Edgar Bergen also translated these acts from his vaudeville act all the way to film and television. So here is Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy's New Year's Eve show. Enjoy the show. The makers of Chase and Sanborn Coffee bring you Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, and Don Amici. New Year's greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and best wishes for 1945 from all of us. Our guest, Charles Lawton, and our regular group, Ray Noble and his orchestra, Bill Foreman, Joan Merrill, Effie Klinker, Edgar Bergen, and Charlie McCarthy. Don't look now, folks, but it's almost 1945. <laughs> Charlie, yeah. let's introduce Effie Klinker to Don Amici. Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, Don. Yeah, Charlie, yeah. Don, would you like to meet a beautiful girl? Well, I certainly would. Yeah. Yeah. I'll fix it. Yeah. Effie, Effie, Effie. What have I done? What have I done here? <laughs> Well, Effie, I want you to meet Don Amici. Oh, Don Amici, where, 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 where? No, over here. Where, hmm? Oh, so you're the charming Effie Clinker, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Loosen my bobby socks. Well, why? I'm going to swoon. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> well, what's the matter, Effie? You seem rather excited tonight. Mm, well, who wouldn't be? This is the last shopping day in leap year. <laughs> Now, you're not serious, are you? Oh, no. Oh, you are? Why do you think I'm wearing this mistletoe in my hair? Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Sort of a mistletoting mama, huh? <laughs> That's very good. It's awfully good, awfully good, awfully good. Mr. Amici. Yeah? Doesn't mistletoe just make your lips pucker? <laughs> Why, now, Effie, don't tell me you're a promiscuous kisser. Oh, no, 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 dear, no. But I could learn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now, don't you know, Effie, a girl should play hard to get? Oh, I do, I do, I do. In a cooperative sort of way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nightingales and monkey tails. All right, all right. Effie, you must come over to the party I'm giving at my house tonight. Oh, good. Yes, can I make the eggnogs? Oh, fine. Well, tell me, Effie, uh, how do you make them? Well, I have my own recipe. Uh, yeah? Take the whites of eggs, you see. Uh-huh. And then you beat them until, uh, oh, until, uh... Stiff? No, but I bet I will be. No, no. <laughs> Effie, I'll see you later. Right now, I have a date. A date to hear the charming Joan Merrill sing... Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week. If you please, Joan. Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week. Cause that's the night that my sweetie and I used to dance cheek to cheek. I don't mind Sunday night at all. That's the night friends come to call And Monday to Friday go back 
and another week is past. But Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week. I sing the song that I sang for the memories I usually see. Until I hear you at the door. Till you're in my arms once more. Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week. Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week. Cause that's the night that my sweetie and I used to dance cheek to cheek. I don't mind Monday night at all. Sunday's the night that friends come to call. And Monday to Friday goes fast. And flash, flash, another week is past. But Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week. I sing the song that I sang for the memories I usually see. Until I hear you at the door And you're in my arms once more Saturday night Saturday night Is the loneliest night Loneliest night Saturday night is the loneliest night in the Say, uh, Charlie, about this New Year's Eve party Edgar's giving tonight, is it uh, going to be a pretty swell affair? Well, it'll probably be another one of those Bergen's brilliant, uh, spectacular washouts. <laughs> oh, I see, huh? I, uh, I heard what you said, young man. Oh, hello. Yeah. Will you be able to make the party tonight, Don? Oh, yes, Edgar. Uh, what time is your party going to start? Well, the smart set will arrive uh, rather late. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the smarter set won't arrive at all. I, uh, I want to tell you, though, that the high spot of the evening will be at midnight. Yes. And that's when I'm going to portray the part of Father Time. Oh, you picked a nice role. Yeah. <laughs> you won't have to make up. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I've invited several movie producers, and if I do say so myself, I have something I think they've all been looking for. Oh, I'm not that handsome. Yeah. <laughs> or am I? Yeah. But this is, I do really think, a superb play. Yeah? Yes. Well, who wrote it? <laughs> Modesty forbids me from mentioning the genius's name. <laughs> Whoever could you mean? <laughs> As if I didn't know. Yeah. Well, I wrote it. No. Yeah, yes. And I might add, this play of mine is ten years ahead of the time. Uh, we'll wait, we'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> And what's more, my play, my play is allegorical. Where are you going to get the alligators? No, no. <laughs> How would you like to hear one of my best speeches? With cotton in my ears. No, please, no, no. That's delay. Yes, yes, yes. I like this particular scene. I'm glad you do. I am old, 1944. It's been a long, hard year. But I am content to go. Content to go. Mm-hmm. Would you mind aiming those T's a little to the windward? No. <laughs> They're a bit juicy. Yeah. 
That is, if you don't mind too much. Yes, all right. Young man, I want you to know that I have taken diction lessons. From who, Donald Duck? No, no, no. <clears throat> and some more of my best lines are, Off with the old, on with the new. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I am a wretched soul, bruised by adversity. Why don't you sue him? Oh, now, please. <clears throat> Charlie, do you realize that tonight's performance may alter the whole course of my life? Is that so? Yes. Well, no matter where they take you, Bergen, I'll always come and see you on Visitor's Day. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I've written a wonderful part for you. Yeah? Yes. Well, now it looks better. Yes. You play Little New Year of 1945. I do? That's right. See, I'm sort of a juvenile lead. That's right, yes. You come out wearing a ribbon across your chest that says 1945. Yeah? Yes. See, won't that be kind of drafty? No. And <laughs> uh, well, well, what else do I wear? I hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what do babies usually wear? Well, uh... Oh, no, no. You mean with a safety pin? Well, of course. Oh, no, you don't, Megan. Listen, no, Charlie, no, a thousand times nay, Charlie. No, listen, take your hands off. No, all right, listen. You don't get me wearing one of those three-cornered Snuggies. No, Charlie. No. Charlie, what do you think I am? Gypsy Rose McCarthy? All right. Listen, Charlie, it's too late now. I can't get anyone else to play the part. Mr. Bergen, Charlie. No, Charlie. No. All right. Do you realize what you're asking me to do? Oh, yes. Do you realize... All right. Do you realize what you're doing to a child of my tender years? Yes, yes, but now be reasonable. No, I won't be reasonable. Charlie. Charlie. Let go of my lapo. Charlie. <laughs> No, this is very important to me. I will not, I will not appear in public wearing nothing but my goose pimples. No. <laughs> Charlie. No, no. You look cute. No, I wouldn't. My legs are so sway-backed. Oh, they're not sway <laughs> Why, you'll make a splendid 1945. No, I won't. Yes, you will. I'm so puny. You're not. Everybody will think there's a tough year ahead. No. <laughs> Ah, oh, you're so sensitive. Well, I I have reasons to be. Why? No, certain other things. What is it? Well, if you must know, I, I got a mole on my tummy. Oh! <laughs> yeah. But, Charlie, everything depends on you. What do you mean? Well, I, I'm, I'm in a spot, Charlie. Oh, you are? Yes. Oh, you're in a spot. Well, of course. Why, I'll do anything if you'll agree to play this part. You will? Yes. Well, now you said something. Yeah. That's all I want to know, Bergen. Yeah. And you will play it? On what condition? <coughs> all right. First, you got to cancel all those New Year's resolutions you just made out for me. Yes, but Charlie... And second, now that you'll sign all my report cards in the future with your eyes closed. Yeah, but Charlie... And, of course, my 75 cents allowance... Yes. ...will come up for a negotiation. Is that so? <laughs> Thank you.
Each new year for the past 81 has brought Chase and Sanborn Coffee new friends. The reason for that, in a single word, is F-L-A-V-O-R, flavor. Yes, Chase and Sanborn has spelled superb coffee flavor for the past 81 years. And today it's doubly popular because it passes both of the two big coffee tests. With meals, breakfast, luncheon, dinner, supper, Chase and Sanborn coffee sets off all the other food flavors to supreme advantage. And all alone between meals, its delicious flavor is even more attractive, more pleasing, completely satisfying. In the middle of the morning or mid-afternoon, when you want coffee for coffee's sake, Chase and Sanborn all by itself really makes the occasion. In the past year, more people enjoyed Chase and Sanborn coffee than ever before. That's the biggest swing in our 81 years of making finer coffee. You're entitled to Chase and Sanborn goodness, too. There's no reason to take anything less. So make the most of your opportunity in the year ahead. Always ask for Chase and Sanborn coffee. Say, Edgar, have you ever read a book by Jack Goodman and Alan Green called How to Do Practically Anything? Well, I already know. <laughs> no. Oh, I see. Well, uh, tell me, how are you at skiing? Well, it so happens I just bought my first pair of skis. Oh, well, then sit down, sit down, and listen to what the Messrs. G say about skiing. <clears throat> Skiers are an institution as old as the hills. The hills, however, are somewhat smarter. They stay put. <laughs> Skiing entered my mind one evening as I was in the parlor practicing approach shots with my niblick. I'm sure if my wife hadn't entered the room so suddenly, I would not have been startled into knocking the ball into her favorite vase. You can't even be trusted in the living room. Darling, I'm uh, thinking of giving up golf. Good. For skiing. Skiing? Mm -hmm. What would you do with those great big things on your feet? Those other great big things. <laughs> Tomorrow we buy skis. Buy skis? Never. Well, uh, what do you expect me to ski on? Being a perfect lady... <laughs> she didn't answer. The first thing to know, of course, is a few simple skiing terms. Herring boning, for instance. Herring boning is a method of going uphill. The expert skier leaves tracks in the snow resembling a herring spine. Your tracks will resemble your spine. <laughs> and then there's the kick turn. Now, to describe the kick turn would involve a long discussion on how to get back on your feet. And this would get us into a discussion of how to remove fouled skis. This is a maneuver in which you draw one knee sharply up to your chin. Of course, that gets us into the problem of what to do for a bitten tongue. <laughs> but enough of details. I shall never forget my first downhill run. The wind was whizzing past my ears, and I was whizzing past other people's ears. <laughs> Suddenly, I knew why people went skiing. Here, at last, was the poetry of motion. Poetry. Unbroken poetry. Two broken arms. <laughs> and a pair of skis for sale. 
Charlie, Charlie. Wait a minute. Charlie, what's that crazy-looking contraption you have there? Well, this is a machine I built so you can look back into any time in history. Oh, I see. I call it the, the McCarthy look back a scope uh-huh. <laughs> A sort of a time machine. Yeah, that's right. I, I brought it over to demonstrate it. Well, you switch on a little thing there and you'll be surprised what turns up. Hello, Edgar. Happy New Year to you, Charlie. Well, Charles Lawton... I hope the coming year will bring you the best of everything. And the same to you, Mr. Lawton. Thank you. As one friend to another, may fortune continue to smile upon you. Thank you, Chuck. Hmm? Now that that's over, how are you doing, mahogany puss? <laughs> well, pretty good, Buckethead. What? Uh, well, well, what I mean is, Mr. Lawton... You, you look so handsome tonight and so slender. Oh, you noticed that. Yes, That's I true. Thank you very yes. much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or is it too late to expect a Christmas present? Well, no. no. <laughs> well, hardly expect a present after a remark like that. Oh, are you mad at me, Mr. Lawton? Oh, certainly not, Charlie. I love you like my own brother. I didn't know you had one. I haven't. Oh. <laughs> I say, Charlie, what is that Horrible-looking monstrosity you've got there. Is that something new? No, Bergen's been with me for years. <laughs> no, no, I mean that crazy-looking machine. Well, that's a contraption Charlie whipped up. It's for looking into the past, Charles. Well, it looks more like a combination pants presser, lightning rod, and nutmeg grater. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right, wise guy, yeah. Go ahead and laugh. Go ahead, yeah. You know, they laughed at Franklin, but he went ahead and invented lightning anyway. <laughs> well, he did. All right. Aren't you smart, Alex? All right. <laughs> Forgive me, Charlie, but... <laughs> Forgive me, Charlie, but how in the world can you build a machine to look back on time? Well, I took an alarm clock and turned it inside out. <laughs> I presume it operates on the theory of uh, chronological inversion. Uh, no. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Nothing of the kind. It runs on batteries. Oh, I see. <laughs> Would you let me see that thing? I say, is there any electricity in this wire? Ouch! Does that answer your question? <laughs> it does. What's the top row of buttons for? Well, you push those to tune in on the centuries, you see. And then the second row is for different parts of the world. Well, what's this little red button down here in the corner? Well, that opens a drawbridge in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. How it got there, I'll never know. <laughs> Well, I'm going to push one of these buttons. Now, let me see. 17th century, 16th, 15th. That should be interesting. Here goes. All right. There you see, I think it needs a loop job. Look, see? See on the screen there, see? There's a little fella standing on a boat. Ahoy there. Who are you? I'm Christopher Gazzola Columbus. Ahoy. <laughs> Columbus, huh? Yeah, sure. What else? I got a special rates for fishing trips. Fishing yeah. Do take cruises to no place and your money back if I discover America. 
You would swear that was Don Amici, wouldn't you? <laughs> Let's try something else. Say about the 16th century. Okay. I'll set it at 300 kilobicycles and <laughs> super heptobob. Uh, press the button. Yeah. There we go. See? See? Look, Charlie. Why, there's a beautiful palace. There's a king. Why, that's Henry VIII. Ha ha! Welcome, me hearties. Wouldst care to look around? Oh, we'd love to, Your Majesty. Wouldst prefer ye 40 centi tour or ye 60 centi tour? <laughs> well, what's the difference? 20 centis. <laughs> If I remember my history correctly, King Henry, you had many problems during your reign. How are things now? Alas, not too well. Gadzooks, I hardly know where my next wife is coming from. <laughs> That's right. Most of your wives ended up on the chopping block, didn't they? <laughs> Hank, you, had, you were quite a lady killer, weren't you? <laughs> Yay, thou shouldst have been here yestereve. We had a double header. <laughs> Why did you behead your last wife? Didn't like her hairdo. I see. Uh, pardon me, Your Majesty. You haven't eaten for 20 minutes, you know. So I brought you a tray of roast veal, pork pies, stuffed tripe, and a nice side saddle of mutton. A pretty sight, forsooth. Hand me that leg of veal and bring two more. Why stuff yourself with veal? Hast thou not heard? It goes back on ration points tomorrow. <laughs> See, you know, that food looks pretty good. Do you mind if I take this little chicken leg? <coughs> oh, you don't have to break my arm. Well, then keep your dirty lunch grapplers out of my chow, you nasty little snitch. Well, I'll get rid of you. Push the button. Now, look what we tuned in out here. Oh, there's a fellow with his arm around a girl. Ah, my beautiful Josephine. Oh, my Napoleon. Oh, Napoleon, I love you. Yeah, this is good, Napoleon and Josephine. Ah, Josephine, my beloved. I ask from you but one little favor. You have but to ask. When you use the toothpaste, will you please put the cap back on? <laughs> She gets around, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's push this 1700 button. Okay. Look, look. There's a man under a tree. You know, he looks a little like Sir Isaac Newton, Charlie. What's he saying? In the shade of the old apple tree. Well, it is Newton. Yeah, what are you sitting under the apple tree? Well, you see, old boy, if I sit here long enough, an inspiration strikes me. There's one now. Oh, I remember. That's the way you discovered gravity, wasn't it? <laughs> Perfectly right, yes. I'm now working on mass production, you know. Gravity will soon be in the homes of the poor as well as the rich. Yeah. Then you think you'll clean up with it? Well, my dear fellow, think what it'll mean to the suspender business. I say, would you be good chaps and mind pushing another button and just stop pestering me? Yes, yes, yes. That's a good idea. Yes, it is. Uh... Let's push the first button and we can go back just as far as we can. Yes, all the way back. Why, we might even talk to Plato. Yeah, or one of those Greek philosophers like uh, Acidophilus or what's his name there. Oh, boys. Ooh. Oh, how do you do? Are you uh, Socrates or... <laughs> you mean Socrates? Oh, no, I'm Nero. Oh. <laughs> I hope you don't mind uh, of us uh, dropping in on you, Nero. 
Not at all. Would you like to come to our fire sale on Monday? I'll be there playing a hot fiddle. Oh, I... <laughs> well, why don't you play something now? Oh, with pleasure. What did you like? Well, let's see. How about, uh, be it ever so humble, there's no blaze like Rome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm most happy to oblige. <laughs> oh, oh, fiddlesticks. There goes my E string. Yeah. Where are you going? Out to get another string. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> Pleasant memories return. A troop of them. Of good food, good company, and your own enjoyment at sight of a cup and saucer. Yes, your coffee cup will always be a symbol of pleasure at the table if you'll take the precaution to fill it with Chase and Sanborn coffee. This richer blend brings you all the flavor your cup can possibly hold. A wealth of rich goodness, <coughs> deep down, wholehearted, and completely satisfying. That's why the memory of each delicious sip lingers and calls for more. That's why millions upon millions of people through the past 81 years have preferred the superb blend. And in the past year, more people enjoyed Jason Sanborn coffee than ever before. That's a new high, a new record, the biggest swing in our entire history. Follow that lead, and this week, get all the coffee goodness you're entitled to. Go the limit, get all you can. Ask your grocer for delicious Jason Sanborn coffee. I guess that's it. Happy New Year, everybody. And you, Bergen, I know you have a happy New Year. Well, why, Charlie? Why are you so sure? Well, every year's happy for you if I'm around. <laughs> happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, Charlie and Ed Bergen. Be with us again next week when Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, Don Amici, Ray Noble, Joan Merrill, and all of us have as our guest the inimitable Carmen Miranda. This week when you're buying coffee, think of us and ask for Chase and Sanborn coffee. Coffee made to serve in times like these. Charles Lawton is currently being seen in The Suspect. This is Bill Foreman saying goodnight from Hollywood's Radio City. Made your New Year resolutions yet, ladies? Here's a good one. Resolve to keep your family happy with plenty of fine table spread. Give them Blue Bonnet, the delicious new margarine, a product of the makers of Flashman's Yeast. Blue Bonnet is wonderful. It brings you flavor, nutrition, economy, all three. Serve Blue Bonnet to your fussiest guests. They'll love its fresh, delicate flavor. Give it to the family at every meal. Delicious Blue Bonnet is a real food, rich in energy, rich in vitamin A. And it costs so little in points and money that you can spread it on twice as thick. So, ladies, remember the letters F-N-E for flavor, nutrition, economy. Blue Bonnet Margarine gives all three flavor, nutrition, economy. 
Get Flashman's Blue Bonnet from your grocer the very first time you go to the store. Broadcasting Company. KFI Los Angeles transcribed. Well, thanks everyone for joining me today for this show to celebrate the new year and welcoming in the year of 2021. To all my listeners and everyone out there, cheers to a new year. My prayer and hope for all of you is for you to have a great, healthy, and prosperous new year for all of you and your family and friends. It's a tradition for me to actually do a year time capsule. I have a little canister that I put all my hopes and prayers and things I would like to see happen for the new year. I'm actually excited to open it on New Year's Day and see what has transpired. It's a great way to look back on the year and see where you were and where you are today. Well, whatever way you celebrate the new year, I hope it's a good one. Join me here every Friday for a new show and listen to me on your favorite podcast station. We have some exciting things happening here on the Old Radio Companion. And because of all of you out there listening, and um, it's really great to have all of you join in. So thanks for your support and going into this new year with me. And I will see you all next year on a new episode of the Old Radio Companion. So have a wonderful new year, everybody. And this is Jay Lewis, Off the Air. 